And here's what you need to do is you need to look deep down inside yourself and get over it. Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 263. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Perlman, and I am joined this evening, afternoon, morning drive to work by the one and only Samantha Har. That's me! And in this episode, in this very special episode, we're going to be talking about customer service in judging. Uh, and we're going to start a little bit with the evolution of how the judge program has viewed customer service, and then we're going to give... Not an exhaustive list of tips and tricks, but maybe certain things that you haven't quite thought of before that might make your events a little bit better and make you the go-to judge for events in your area. Absolutely. Um, customer service has become a, a, a primary focus of judging, and I think whether whether you view that as a good thing or not, I certainly do. I think it's a good thing. Um, but whether you think it's a good thing or not, it is the case. So it is something that like it or not, it is time to to put your focus on, especially as we're starting to kind of get back out there. Um, I think we heard an announcement today, you know, this very day we're recording, that store championships are coming back. So yeah. brush up on those customer service skills. Yep. Let's let's go over a little bit, and this this could be a little bit of a perception thing, but let's talk about like the evolving importance of customer service and judging. This isn't to say that it wasn't always important. But if you were to, like, rank things, I tend to believe that your rules knowledge and your policy knowledge about a decade ago was more more importance and more value were placed on those things than your customer service skills. Not saying that one, that customer service skills were not important, but they tended to be lower on the priority queue than rules and policy. No, I was going to say that that probably was the case. I, um... I personally, so we were talking before we started recording about how long we've been judging. And I think we, I think we estimated, I've been judging now about six years, which just seems impossible. And Brian, you've been judging for how many years now? 11? 11 years. So yeah. what judging looked like when Brian started versus what judging looked like, looked like when I started, it was just wildly different. Yeah. Versus now as well. Versus now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when I started in 2009 2010 smartphones weren't anywhere near as ubiquitous as they are now people didn't have policy in their pocket or the comprehensive rules in their pocket you know knowing the rules was very very important because you couldn't look them up also we were trying to be very professional and the idea of having your phone out while on the floor of an event was seemed disrespectful looking up oracle text like gps even had binders with oracle text so that you could go and you could go and get the oracle text for a card if you needed to look it up. I love that, and I've never seen that, and I, I hope one exists somewhere still. <laughs> I, I just kind of want to own one of those. Probably find a file. Ask somebody for a file. There, there are pack rat judges that probably have oracle dumps from eleven years ago. Right. I don't want it to be updated. I want it to be as out of date and ancient as possible. <laughs> Also, one other big thing was specific judge levels were required for certain events. GPTs had to have a level one judge. Uh, GPTs existed. PTQs had to be staffed if they were a certain size, had to be staffed by a level three. If you wanted to use a judge of a different level, you had to contact wizards and get permission. 
I do on it. That was the case when I started judging. And I do honestly miss that because I, I thought it was always reassuring knowing that if I went to the specific type of event, like this is how well run it was required to be given whatever testing requirements that judge had gone through, you know? Yeah. And that to a, to a degree ensured that the person running the event was skillful in running that, uh, an event of that size. And so, somebody along, somebody's plural had vouched for them along the way, so. Right, but you could be a bit of a of a jerk rules robot and be successful as a judge, you know, starting out at the local store and work your way up to 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 GPs and, and get all the way up to to at least close to level three, being a, a computer wearing tennis shoes. <laughs> I don't think we had many judges like that in DC when I was just learning about judging, luckily, because, yeah, having started as a TO before a judge, I don't think I would ever really hire judges like that, to be completely honest, if if other options were available. It's just, I find that very off-putting personally. Yeah, and over time, the landscape has shifted. And this is going to sound weird, but, like, the experience, and I'm doing, I'm doing finger quotes, the experience of an event has become more important to players. That's not saying that it wasn't important before, but it's become more important. And I think that's been a demographic shift as the average player has gotten, and maybe not the average player has gotten younger, but younger generations have moved into the magic demographic range. That's a fancy word of saying, like, more millennials. More millennials. Yeah. You know, if you can make, if you can make the events feel like a Disney World type experience, why wouldn't you? Yeah, there have been studies that show that that millennials put more value on experience and having a good positive experience than on things. So that stands to reason they're also more willing to, if they have a negative experience, not return. So that has caused a shift, shift in experience. Also, the ability to look things up on smartphones has made like knowing the rules super well and having like the policy like being able to recite the ipg and be able to cite the cr without having to look up has become less of a i don't say admirable skill but it's it's less important because everyone's got something in their phone you know they've got they got the rules in their pocket yeah that makes sense Things yeah. have changed and our access to information has changed. As if everybody can look things up basically as fast as someone could sit there and rethink it, <laughs> then we need uh, we need other skills to to differentiate ourselves. Uh, I don't know. Knowing it is still faster than having to look it up. Depends but... on how well you know it, I suppose. <laughs> you sit also... there scratching your head and tapping your toes for a couple seconds. I, I'm pretty fast on a smartphone. Eh. The... Uh... Prevalence of social media also makes customer service mistakes more costly. Having having an interaction at your store, a, a poor customer service interaction in your, your, your store now with Yelp and Google reviews and Facebook and all those kind of things, uh, uh, negative customer experiences are significantly more damaging than they were a decade ago. People will come out with their pitchforks in your comment section. In, in my opinion, I think one of the biggest shifts or changes that have required a, a focus on customer service, a, a refocus on customer service within judging, is the removal of the level of requirements for certain events. TOs are no longer required to, to have judges of certain levels run certain events of theirs. 
So why you, right? You know, before, if they wanted to run a GPT, when there were GPTs, they had to give get a level one. And if the level one was kind of awkward or bad with people, you still had to take them. Okay, well, now for these type of events, TOs aren't required to take a certain judge. They can have the dude behind the counter in their store. So there needs to be a reason, you know, and they can look things up in in Google if there is a if there is a question. So why you? Right. What, what value are you adding that wouldn't just already be there, more or less? Yeah. And, you know, for me personally, like, I I think it can be... I think it could be a no-brainer because I want I want my employees selling things, you know? If my employees are selling things, that's good. If my employees are not selling things because they're having to show people Oracle text, that's bad. So if if I have a really good judge or even a pretty decent judge around, I would rather my employees be focused on the customer service stuff that they're already doing every day and just selling things to customers. So be be good enough at judging that people would rather have you out there judging than taking up their sales time. Yeah, and one of the reasons why we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, customer service is realistically this is actually one of the hard parts to teach for judging. Anyone can know the rules. Anyone can know policy. Anyone can Google a rules question. Anyone can control F on the IPG. And look for keywords. Okay, what what makes you special in that regard in in judging is your ability to interact with the players. The ability to deliver those rulings is to take what Google says and take what the the IPG says or take what the comprehensive rules say, say and turn that into a positive experience for the players and add more around the event like. Be focused on the event, not just the rules, not just the policy. Absolutely. You can you can deliver ruling, good rulings in ways that make everyone angry, and you can deliver really bad news in ways that makes everyone kind of have a laugh about it. And those are some skills. Those yeah. are some very good skills to have. The, the positive ones don't make everyone angry with good news. But <laughs> And the other reason customer, customer service skills are, are important is, you know, you've got local game store A and local game store B. They're both essentially selling F and M to to their players. You know, there here's my here's my prize structure. Here's my entry fee. Like those are those are knobs that can be tweaked. But what also factors into players going to local game store A over local game store B? Generally, how they were treated while they were there. Yeah, gotta gotta have something to differentiate because you know for stores, if everyone. Whether or not everyone has the same type of price structure and, and that kind of thing, the community experience is really what drives a lot of people to stay or go. And judges are, of course, part of that community experience. <laughs> Specifically with with Judge Academy. Okay, when Judge Academy came along, they redefined level one. If you remember, before Judge Academy came along, for about a year prior, we were saying, like, an L1 redefinition's coming, an L1 redefinition's coming. And we worked one out, and it was going to be more customer service focused. Now, the reason why we didn't release it was because at the time, well, at the, at the time, I knew that Judge Academy was coming, and it didn't make sense to release a level one redefinition and then have Judge Academy come along, like to be announced two months later with their own redefinition of level one. 
The but re, 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 redefinition. The re, yes, it would be the new, 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 new world order. <laughs> However, what we worked out for level one was an increased focus on the customer service aspect of judging because that was what was going to differentiate us in this landscape where TOs are not required to use judges. So I we took like... that. Yes. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, we took that level one definition that we had, and we basically handed it to Judge Academy. Said, this is what we think. And they read it, and they were like, yeah, this is this, yeah, this yeah, is where we want to go. Um, and that's why we have modules with things like how to make a ruling, public speaking, promoting events, building your brand. Like, they identified, and they kind of fleshed out and enhanced some of the other areas that we were talking about. What we're going to talk about for the remainder of this episode are customer service tips that may or may not be directly tied to making a ruling. Like, I don't necessarily think a lot of these are the type of thing that if you go to a seminar on how to deliver a ruling, there's a lot of customer service stuff in there. And I think we've kind of carved out where we're saying not this, but other stuff around making the event. Because you can you can turn all of that, like how to make a ruling, into an actual hour, hour and a half long episode of JudgeCast which I think we've done and we might do in the future after we have an episode on complaining about conferences. Yeah, this is this is the uh, the speed run version. This is the quick and easy version because I think just about any of these topics could be a much longer episode. Right. This isn't, I don't think neither Sam or I, while we have customer service experience, we're not customer service experts. So there might be a few things that we leave out, and there might be a few things that we just kind of like scratch at at the surface. So if there's anything that you think's important, you know, tweet at us on, I almost said tweet on us at Facebook. But, <laughs> but you know, just Twitter the Facebook at us, you know, hashtag Instagram thing. Settle down, Grandpa. You know, Twitter the TikTok, I don't know. Please make a TikTok explaining customer service to us. <laughs> But only make it like 30 seconds long and have it be that tap, tap, tap thing where you just like point at point up and down. Yeah, with the with the overlay text. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you make sure you do that and then bust it or whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. Judge kill cast. You? Yeah, I'm I'm deceased. I. Oh my. <laughs> Please. Okay. All right. Focusing. So what are some customer service tips, Samba? Brian's number one customer service tip is busted. <laughs> All right. Our number one service tip. Smile. Look like you're happy to be there. I know that sounds obvious, but apparently it's not. <laughs> did you just tell me to smile? I did. I'm telling cool. you to smile. I'm telling all of you to smile. Yeah. Smile. Yep. Don't be yeah. weird about it. Like... <laughs> Do a Joker smile, right? And and that's one of the things because I am a, a faceless voice coming through your speakers. I'm I'm telling you the general audience to smile, but yeah, also don't go up to people one on one and be like, "You should smile," because, but general <laughs> impersonal advice here: look happy to be there. If you're happy, everyone else is going to be happy to be near you because you are happy. Yeah, I've been told I have a resting Brian face. Oh, you do. <laughs> Yeah, you absolutely just, do. Which is just, I'm unhappy at everything I'm seeing. One of the, yeah, that, that was kind of the first impression I had of you is you were just gazing out over like whatever event and you had this look on your face like, 
I'm so sick of this. <laughs> and what this was wasn't clear. Just you were sick of something. <laughs> just everything. Yeah, just, just whatever. Just and we were all going to know about it. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely smiling. It's it's been shown that pretending to or, or smiling will actually make you happier. Like your emotions will react to your facial expression. So fake it till you make it is a thing with smiling. It absolutely, honestly, wearing a mask helps right now too. Because when I have to frown, when I have to frown at someone, no one can see it right now, and that's kind of nice. But. <laughs> We are going to eventually take the masks off, I think, hopefully. And when we do, we have to get back in the habit of smiling, even when we want to choke someone just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. And let me add that these are going to be U.S.-centric customer service tips. As I understand it, other countries might feel that smiling is disingenuous. So... Oh, yeah, that's a very good point. I... I only have, I only really have a United States perspective on any of this, so yeah. take take my words with a grain of salt. Uh, the next one is kind of related to smiling. So s- smiling is is more about like having a positive attitude on your face, but actually having a positive attitude. And and yeah, let me be clear here: none of us are are going to tell you you have to be happy if you are not happy. Smiling just is just pleasant for other people to look at. It doesn't have to, it doesn't mean you actually have to be happy or you're a bad judge. And having a positive attitude really just means like, try to, try to keep your mindset in as good a place as you can. Like Mm -hmm. go into it looking for a positive experience when you can. This, this also doesn't, having a positive attitude means, you know, look for the good. It does not mean you have to be happy all the time. Cause I, I don't like the super false positivity kind of stuff, but. Right. But this is very important. We're not saying be f- false or fake or anything like that. Absolutely. But if something happens and you can interpret it in a bad way or in a good way, making a conscious decision to interpret it in a good way will increase your approachability as well. Because if you're down and doom and gloom, that's going to wear off on the on the customers. Like if you're just complaining about things, then that's going to... They're going to hear that, you know? Absolutely. People will have more confidence in you if, if you have a, a can-do attitude about things, at least on the surface. So next up, um, we have follow-through if you say you are going to do something. If a, player a- if a player asks you, hey, my opponent last round played X in game one, I think that's a sideboard card. Can you check and make sure and you say yes? Actually go do that thing. <laughs> <laughs> don't leave them standing there looking around like an NPC. Give <laughs> Truthfully, I have to write a lot of notes to make sure I do this. So do that. Write notes. Write where you found them. Write what they asked you. I'm not going to remember. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean at that exact moment, go and check. Go and check. You can say something like, I will go and check, you know, sometime in the next 10 minutes. Yeah, be like, hey, do you know what table number you're headed towards? Because I can meet you over there later and and let you and follow up with whatever I find out about this. Right. And that's not a thing like you're not you're not spoiling what's in their particular deck. They played a card in game one. You saw it. So just confirming it's like, yeah, that's it's fine. Or no, no, that's a problem. Yeah, just follow up. And that way they know that you took their concern seriously. It could also be if a player says something like, hey, I need to go to the bathroom. Can you watch my stuff? And you go, yeah. And then that player goes off and goes to the bathroom and they come back and you're not there. Ooh, ooh, you in trouble. Ooh. 
Right. So if you say you're going to do something, do it. Or I'll be back to give you an extension. Come back and give them the extension. Oh, grief. Yes, please. Please actually do those things. Next, What's our next one, Brian? Uh, this is, if you don't know the answer to something, go find out. You mean, <laughs> Brian, are you telling me that not every judge knows everything? Right. And, and that's okay? And they can do something about it? It's less desirable than actually knowing. I, I, would, I would say not knowing and not doing anything about it is the worst. You know, if you if you deliver your ruling with enough confidence, no one's going to question it. <laughs> right, right. But if you do, if you're put into a situation where you genuinely don't know the answer, or you're not sure of yourself. Go, go find out. Go find out what the actual answer is. If some, and this might not actually be even the rules. This could be something like, "Hey, what what, what time does the round end?" And there's, you know, you're playing in a local store, so there's no clock. Go get the answer. Hey, what's the prize structure? You know, the answer might be, we'll post something between rounds three and rounds four, but if it's, you know, the last two rounds of the game, I'll go find out. That's a great question. I will go find out for you, and then do that. Yeah. And there's lots of resources. The Judge Academy Discord, I believe, has an SOS channel. It does. For, like... Very active members on there, too. Very active users. And so that is, if you are a judge in an event, and you have a live situation, and you don't know the answer, you know, you, you... you looked in the IPG, you looked in the comp rules, you couldn't find it, you can message that. It also has regional regional little Discord rooms, too. Rooms? I don't, mm-hmm. I'm only just figuring out how Discord works, but each region has, has its own room or place as well. So if you are running into language barriers as well, feel free to hop in the appropriate ones to get people that can maybe help you out. Because everyone has been very, very friendly to me so far and very helpful and excited to pitch in. This next one is I, I, I wrote this in here, Most mostly it applies to a, a GP, or hmm, it's different now, but let me, let me explain what I mean. It means solve problems without passing them off to somebody else. Now, sometimes this can't be avoided. Sometimes absolutely there is a problem that you need to hand over to the tournament organizer, you know, but if someone comes to you and says, like, I lost my deck, what do I do? Go with them, go help them. To solve that problem. It it might be go look where where they've last been, but don't pawn them off onto somebody else. Provided that you are not actively engaged in another another task. Right. If you if you are doing something just extremely important and time sensitive, maybe. But like you you can see the physical shift in someone's face and their relief when they say, "I can't find my deck. Can you help me?" And you go, "You know what? Yeah." Like. Let's go to customer service together. Mm-hmm. And you can see the, just the weight come off their shoulders of like, you were invested in helping them. Eat. Not that you, they're not certain you have the answer, but somebody cares. And that means a lot to them, you know? So, yep. If a player needs to see their deck list and you're not on the deck check team, take them up to the deck check lead and then explain to the deck check. Don't just point and say, that judge over there. By, by doing that, you're t- yeah. If you point, if you're if you just point and tell them how to handle it themselves, yeah. Sometimes that does have to be the case, but ultimately, what you're telling that player is, this is your problem. Good luck. This is yep. the ne- this is the best I can do for you, and hopefully we can you know, hopefully <laughs> we can do a little better than that. People people yeah. you know, especially newer players or less experienced players, things like grand prix can be very overwhelming. They don't know all the ins and outs of where they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to be doing. So 
having someone acting as an advocate for them in any way to navigate all the stuff going on is, is really nice and really helpful and comforting. Next up we have, if there is a delay or problem with the event, communicate this to players. Let me tell you what, folks. Um, <laughs> no information is absolutely worse than just about any other form of information when it comes to magic players. I find that if they don't, if you if you can't tell them something, anything, they'll just they'll be standing there physically vibrating until they hear <laughs> something. So now's a good time to practice deliver delivering news artfully. If there's been a delay, if something's going on. Go be honest with yeah. them. Keep them informed when you know new things, let them know. Or if there's anything new coming, you know, any new information coming out about whatever the problem is, update them with that in an appropriate way. Right. Like, the worst thing you can do is have the players sitting there wondering when the next round is going to start. Like, they've all sat for their matches and nothing's happening. Like, the judge isn't coming out and saying... You know, begin round four, welcome to round four, you may begin. And they're just all sitting there. And some of them are probably going to start playing. Right. And if there's if there's an actual problem where you can't get pairings out or something like that, and you haven't even sat them yet, you need to let them know, hey, there's a there's a problem. An addition, I guess a sort of an addition to this is if you can give them instructions, do so. Even if it's something like, hang out here, it'll be five minutes. Telling them yeah. where where they should be and what they should be doing helps alleviate some of the anxiety off of them because they don't they don't feel like oh did I miss something did I did I miss an instruction is this my fault like no let them know where they're supposed to be the now there have been like two or three GPs where there have been massively public uh, crashes of Watsi software you know Walter has gone choked and they've had to like reconstruct an event or something like that. But one of the worst experiences I've had as a judge, it was like in 2012, this was back when Pro Tours had side events. There was a, a CompRel two-headed giant tournament. Oh, God. Yeah. And after round two, the Wizard Software ate like three simultaneous events. Excellent. Completely Good. destroyed them. And all three events had to be rebuilt by hand. Have you ever had to run an event on um, note cards? Yes. Absolutely. That's that's a trick I had to learn once. Yeah. It's it's not fun. No, <laughs> um, it is not. Well, I didn't run it on note cards. I ran it in Excel. Like, I actually, Ooh. like, no, made, I had yeah. little index cards that I wrote, physically wrote out in pen. Yeah. And rearranged. I did the note card stuff, but I did it in Excel with, like, formulas and stuff like that, so I didn't have to. But this, this two-headed giant event... What what made this absolutely the worst thing is the two at a giant event had I want to say about ninety teams, so one hundred and eighty players. Ninety teams, that's yeah, huge was, for two at a giant. Yep, there were two other events that had more players and were further along in rounds. Oh, so we were the last priority. Yeah, and there was about a three hour delay. Three hours! Oh, my right. heart. Oh. When we resumed playing, there were only like 40 teams. Like more than half the field just no-showed. because such a bummer. Because they'd been sitting around. They had no idea when it was going to be. They just left. And that is, that's like the, the worst I've, seen, I've personally experienced. 
because players would come up and they would ask the judges, when are we going to start? And the answer was whenever, like they haven't even started on fixing our event yet because they're still fixing the second event. That is such an incredible bummer. Oh, that that's that's something nightmares are made of. That's the kind of, yeah. like you didn't do your homework kind of nightmare. Yeah, and realistically, nowadays, here's another example of, of things. Nowadays, probably the TO would start looking at like refunding people's entry fees and getting lines and stuff like that and providing for the people that wanted to wait. This, this event at the time was just wait or leave. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. yeah. That is brutality. So... Right. So that that would be a, uh, you definitely want to communicate, even if it's, you know, five minutes, or it has the potential to be longer, like maybe it's only like three minutes, but, you know, it might take 10 to 15 minutes to resolve. Go ahead and let the players know. And if you have absolutely no idea how long it could take to get resolved, maybe give them a like, check back in 30 minutes for an update. Even if yeah. the update is check back in 30 minutes for another update, like... Give them something to work with. Right. You know, internet goes down and you can't access event link. You know, something like that. Uh, So the next up is own your mistakes. So, shocker, judges are human. It's actually written in the IPG. We weren't human before that was written down. Oh, certainly Now that it's written, (laughs) right. Now that it's written, we're human. Players, TOs are much more forgiving when if if you mess up with something, you come back with like a genuine apology and a remedy to the problem. It's like being sorry is good. Being sorry with a solution, even better. Way better. Right. The genuine sorry does go a long way, though. I That's one of those things where like if I think about the people I genuinely like working with, I... I love people and genuinely trust people who are willing to fess up to their mistakes and be like, oh my gosh, look at this thing I did. I'm going to fix it. Like, ha, isn't that just the way, you know? <laughs> but I, I, and I, I don't enjoy working with people who are like, well, it's not my fault because it, it's not really messed up because of, it's like, oh my God, calm down, you know? <laughs> but I find myself wanting to do that sometimes. So, you know, I had to ask myself, well, what kind of person do I want to be for others to work with? And even though it doesn't feel good at first, like being like, yeah, I messed up. It it takes some practice, but it's going to make people like you a lot, lot more. It's a skill. Yeah. Yeah, A genuine apology Mm -hmm. goes a long way to uh, uh, generating trust. Completely. Yup. Next, we have listen to the players. What? Must we? I I guess we must. No, no, never. That's a rough one. Uh, This will tell you things like if your round turnaround times are too long, too short. Subset of this, active listening. Do be trying to hear what they're actually saying to you. Don't just be waiting to jump in and reply. Don't be just sitting there with a reply on deck ready to get them. Like, listen to this person. You may not agree with them. But engage with them, because if they're taking the time to try to give you feedback, you know, be res- be respectful. That, that is a, a form of respect, because if they really wanted to, they could just leave and leave a bad review. But they're taking the time to try to solve it with you. So at least give them a genuine listen. Right. And they might not even be realizing that they're giving you feedback. That's okay? true. That's true. Th- they might just be talking about their experience. 
with without having the focus of giving you feedback and so by by actively listening and asking questions and being engaged in what they're saying you can actually pick out from what they're saying things that can help you improve that's very true right absolutely maybe someone comes up to you like using the the round turnaround time if someone is talking to you and is and just is like yeah, I really had to, you know, I was going to the bathroom, the line was really, really long, and I really had to rush back before the round started. You know, that right there is them telling, indirectly telling you that maybe you should pay attention when announcing uh, the round and stuff like that, you should pay attention to the line at the bathrooms for your local store. I know that there have been times where I have had to make adjustments to either how I started the round or what the the tardiness policy was given a sizable line at the restrooms true sometimes sometimes you run into stores that have one single restroom and it's every person for themselves so do try to be empathetic to these things if you've got a hundred person tournament and the line at the restroom is six people deep then mm, hmm, you know that's going to be 10 percent of your matches right there are going to have are going to have pro- are going to be impacted by that. So, wait, you know, minute. so what's that? Six six is not ten percent of a hundred. No, your matches. So there's fifty matches if you have a hundred. Oh players. yeah, I guess they, I guess they wouldn't be paired up against each other. I figured just everyone went with their partner to the bathroom in twos. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing some arithmetic on Judge Academy today. That's... <laughs> just I'm just Come laughing on, at friend. the. They just they just hold hands and skip skip on over to the bathroom. Yep, right to the bathroom. Let's go, right. friend. Need a bathroom, wash buddy. Each, yep, wash like each other's hands. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't think the CDC recommends washing each other's hands. Nope, nope, nope. All right. So another another thing is, and this is when you talk to customers in general, in which the players are your customers. When you talk to the players, try and talk like they do. And what I mean by that is don't necessarily be over be overly formal and stiff. You know, you can get a vibe when you walk up to the table as to how jovial the players are and what they're looking for and kind of try and match that match that vibe or or step over it if if it's really, really tense. You know, not not you have to be tense, too. But, you know, if you if you're you come up to a group of players that are that are jokey you can be jokey too. They'll respond well to that. Yeah, when you approach a table, you 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 are faced with a decision. Depending on what it is you're there to tell them, you have to decide whatever energy I'm uh, I'm approaching and they're giving off, do I want to match that? Because yeah, if they're having fun, you want them to keep having fun generally, but if you walk up and they're being very serious and very tense, again, ask yourself is this the appropriate energy to be having here? Because yeah, some, some situations are tense, but ultimately you can probably take that opportunity to decide, let's change this. Let's change the narrative of whatever's happening here. Because chances are that there's probably some misunderstanding or maybe some poor sportsmanship, but let's, let's try to get everybody away from, from the tense and into something a little more settled, a little more calm. Yeah. And you have to make that choice and bring whatever energy you decide is appropriate to that table with you. Yeah. It's very there... easy to get to get caught up in energy that is not good and match the bad energy. So don't do that. 
also, you want to make sure that you, if you're giving a ruling, you might be giving a ruling that's that's too technical. Uh, for for example, uh, one particular event, I come up to the table, uh, I ask the player what's going on. They're they're asking a question about whether or not a token uh, ceases to exist if it ceases to exist before it goes to the graveyard or after it goes to the graveyard because there there's there's triggers and stuff like that involved. And so I give a really technical answer. And they just look at me and go like, huh? And I go, it, it goes poof. And, and the guy looked at me and goes, it goes poof? And I was like, poof. And I just made like a little explosion poof. with my hands. Poof. And he goes, oh, poof. And then looks at the other guy and goes, it goes poof. And he goes, poof. <laughs> I, I, yeah, this is, I think I actually sort of touch on that in the, in a few sections down, when we talk about not wasting time because that's one of those things that irks me a little bit. It's like, and I, not everybody communicates the same way, and that's something to be cognizant of. But if I ask a yes or no question, and there is, and there is a yes or no answer available, I really mm-hmm. do just want the yes or the no. Now, if I follow <laughs> it up with "Huh, why is that?" then I, I really am asking for the more technical. You know, I, I want the long version. But if I'm asking a yes or no and there is a yes or no, please just give me the yes or the no. I I don't like be I don't like being talked at. I like being I like being talked with. So if if somebody's talking at me, it starts to feel like an assault on my patience. So <laughs> I I will say that you want to if someone asks a yes or no question, you want to you do want to make sure that maybe the question that they think they're answering or the, that they think they're asking is the question that they're actually asking. For for example, the answer to, can I name mountain with pithing needle? The answer to that question is yes, right? Right. But, yeah, context matters a whole lot here. Yeah, the, yeah, good to make that clear that do be certain of what it is they're asking and be certain that they they actually know what it is they're asking because they might not know. The next one that we've got is kind of tied to who your real customer is when you're working an event. Your customer for an event is not actually the players. It's the TO. Right. Who are you right? really having to sell your, sell the idea of you to here? And it's, it is the players, but it's, it's actually mostly the TO. Yeah. You're, you're selling the TO happy players. Yes. The happy players are the product of your efforts. T- to this regard, you want to communicate with the with the tournament organizer. That is, you want to make sure that the tournament organizer is comfortable with their purchase. Because they, they purchased an event from you, more or less. Um, so you want to keep them informed uh, to the level that they want to be informed. If they are happy going off in the back and they trust you to just do whatever with a, with a wrap-up at the end of the event, great. If they're one of these people that kind of wants to oversee thing and make sure that everything's going well, then check in with them more frequently. So you want to kind of tailor your your interaction with them to what they want. And this is one of the reasons it is good to show up early to events is you can take some time to talk to the TO a little bit and set expectations and get a, get a feel for what they seem to kind of want from the exchange. Because, yeah, there, there's a ton of different TO styles Lots of different people, lots of different viewpoints. So take some time, get to know them, and try to pick up on whatever feedback you can as you as you work. And don't just come to them with problems. Oh, God, no. You know, yeah. Obviously, bring if you have a problem, bring it to them. But you, you don't want to only bring problems. Yeah. 
maybe if you bring a problem, also have a solution. Or if something goes well, bring that to them as well. TOs love to hear when things went well. I re- I really do. I love hearing I love hearing great success stories and. I think my favorite, honestly, is when judges come to me with stories about just whatever really weird thing they saw. Because there's always something. Every event has has some instance of, I've never seen that before. That was super weird or interesting. So I want to hear about that stuff, too. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I like I like novel experiences. So tell me what interesting things you run into, you know? Next, we have Don't Waste Time. Quick events are happy events. And here... <laughs> Here we go. My big favorite, my big favorite, which I know makes a lot of people mad, but I mean it. Start on time. Start on time. Start on time. Why is that so important? It's very important because if there are 30 players who did show up on time sitting around waiting, and I say, oh, it's going to be 20 more minutes, Brian is stuck in Florida traffic. Then I have one player who's going to be happy. It's going to be Brian because he's going to get to play. He's going to get to play round one. But then I have 30 players who are very irritated because they showed up on time. Why shouldn't their time be respected? Yeah. Start on time. Yeah. It's what? You said 30 players? Yeah. Imagine a two-minute delay with 30 players is an hour of wasted time. And that that just oh, it just gets my hackles up. Like, things happen, but... Math cast. <laughs> You know, things happen that make you late. And you know what you do? You suck it up and you take the take the L because that's the price you pay for living life, you know? Sometimes things delay you. And I, I feel like there's there's sort of a range of what people think is sort of acceptable on these things. Like, I'm willing to wait like 60 seconds before that timer starts. <laughs> some people, <laughs> you know, and, and some, some places, some cultures, some whatever's, stores, whatever are different. But I, I am not... Mm-mm. I, I'm very strict on that type of thing because it just, it eats up time so quick and you don't, it sneaks up on you too. Like even three minutes at the start of round one and it's, you know, three more minutes between rounds, five extra minutes between these two rounds. Like it just eats yeah. up your time so quickly and so sneakily that you're going to be miserable when it's like midnight and you're like, how are we still here? Yeah. Not wasting time can apply to some things that you can plan for. Like, let's say you have a 100-person modern event that took pre-registration. All right, it filled up, 100 people, five more people showed up, so now there's five people waiting in the store to see about no-shows. Okay, well, you need to find a quick and efficient way to figure out who the no-shows were, you know? So, and and you need to remove those those number of no-shows and get those other players into the event as quickly as possible. So having a plan to handle that particular situation when you can predict that it's coming, but having a plan in that particular situation will probably save you about 10 minutes of just running around like a chicken with your head cut off. And honestly, this is one of those things where sometimes all you can really do is just be decisive. Sometimes you'll get to a, a bit of an impasse where, oh, if I if I wait, these people will be unhappy. If I don't wait, these people will be unhappy. Just pick an answer, <laughs> stick to your guns. Yeah. Give it the crusty brand seal of approval. Right. right? This is this this is not a life or death type thing, so just yeah. pick something and stick to your guns on it. The the crusty brand seal of approval is it's not just good, it's good enough. <laughs> yeah, basically. Something else for for not wasting time. This is, and I'm going to make a controversial statement here, Uh-oh. which I I've already made. 
learning the rules and policy well enough that you don't have to look things up is a way to avoid wasting time. Now, I, I want to clarify, looking things up because you are not certain of the answer is definitely a customer service thing. Customers will appreciate that you're taking the time to make sure that you're getting the ruling correct. But they will appreciate even more you being able to give the correct ruling right away. They will. It's true. You know, as much as I love going to look up answers, it it is infinitely better if I can just spout them off. That's true of everyone. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You've got the the bit in here about part part of wasting time also means not over communicating. Don't do it. The, and that, that's one of those things that's like, well, how do you define, you know, you say to communicate, but don't over communicate. Where's, where's that healthy middle ground? And unfortunately, you just got to feel it out. There's no quick and easy strict answer on that. Watch your, whoever you're talking to, watch their body language, watch their reaction to what you're saying. If they seem like they're trying to get away from you, let them get away from you. You know, <laughs> if they're trying to get yeah. back to the game, give them the quick answer. Let them get back to the game. Unless, unless you are certain they're about to do something to just set the whole thing on fire. Let, <laughs> let them escape from you. I promise whatever you're telling them is probably not that serious. So this is not necessarily on wasting time, but this is definitely on, on, watching facial expressions and body language. So I was at a SCG event. I was shadowing an L1 who was wanting to test for L2 at that particular event. And they gave a rule. There was a, I don't remember the specifics of the ruling, but the guy gave GRV to the male opponent and gave failure to maintain game state to the female opponent. And he began explaining how they were going to fix the fix the problem to the guy that created the problem. And what he didn't notice was the the woman started crying. Oh my god. Because this was her first event. Oh no. She'd never gotten a penalty before and she was terrified. And so I was sitting there I was sitting there kind of watching and then I just kind of looked and because she had she she just put her face down in her in her hands and <laughs> the l the l1 is just continuing to explain to the to the guy what's going on and there was a point where i just kind of like like tap tap on the shoulder Buddy. and he's like oh tap tap and then i just kind of point <laughs> and he's and he just kind of looks and then looks at me like what happened go fix that so oh what ended gosh. up happening was I I ended up taking he finished explaining the ruling and I ended up taking taking her off off to the side because she needed she needed a, a, a few minutes and and she needed a, a, an explanation that failure to maintain game state wasn't wasn't really a thing like it wasn't going on your permanent record or anything like that yeah it was pay attention to body language definitely I don't made. think I've ever had anybody cry at me at a magic tournament yet I don't think I have. Oh my god, yeah, that just, just breaks my the, heart, though. You left the table too soon. <laughs> just dropped a, dropped a bomb on the table and ran out of there. Boom. Beat it. Boom. <laughs> no, it's... So that's, that's a real thing, is making sure that the players understand the ruling that you're giving and making sure that they're comfortable with the ruling. I mean, that goes into, like, how to deliver a ruling. But definitely, definitely, definitely watch both the players to get a vibe for what's going on and how they're reacting to what you're saying. If you actually, funny enough, if you want really good practice at that, 
you should uh, judge a Pokemon tournament sometime because the younger the younger the players are, the more emotional they can be, and I and they'll let you know with body language and actual language exactly how they're feeling, and that's that's a good way to learn real quick. So I I did uh, look into becoming a Pokemon professor many many years ago. I am. I'm a like level basic one, whatever. Yeah. the The problem is, is I had heard that when you became a level one Pokemon professor, they sent you the Pokemon professor lab coat. They used to, which is, yeah. Which was not the case. You actually had to judge about ten events before you got oh. the lab coat. And I was like, I'm not. A, I just want the lab coat. Now they have like, like judge shirts, which are okay. But yeah, I I really wanted the lab coat too, and they didn't give it to me. And my my boss at the time was like well, why don't you just go down to the medical supply store and buy you a yeah. lab coat? And I'm like, that's weird, man. <laughs> yeah, they're, ten, they're $10 on Amazon, or they were when when I looked. But, yep. All right. Um, so we, we talked about the TO being a customer. And it's kind of weird, but also if you have staff, it's good to think of them as customers too. Like, especially if you're like the head judge, you know, if you think of them as, you know, obviously people that you want to you want to talk to them about rulings, you want to you want to teach them, you are imparting knowledge upon them, uh, upon as fancy talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ultimately, you want to you want to look at your team and go, do I want these people to want to ever work with me again? Yes. Then we're going to make it at least a decent experience. Now, do I want them to love working with me? Do I want them to love the Samhar head judge experience? Then we're going to do some fun games and questions and get to know each other stuff. Not the like goofy icebreaker stuff, but you know, like let's talk, let's have good times. Let's look at some weird interactions <laughs> going on right now. Like there's plenty to do. Yep. yep. Hmm. Ah, recognize good behavior. Say thank you to players. I love this one. So yeah, everyone likes to be told that they've done something well, you know? Everyone, and you know, as, as judges, we have this sort of responsibility to be, like, community leaders in our, our varying little capacities, and being told by somebody in a position of any amount of power that you've done good and are being recognized for that feels really good, even if it's for something little, you know? Take the time to recognize good behavior because we want to positively reinforce that good behavior. TOs will appreciate when you positively reinforce good player behavior. Yeah. And that could be um, uh, good sportsmanship while playing. Like if they're playing against their opponent and they, you know, maybe allow a takesy backsy or you come over to deal with a, a missed trigger call and they let their opponent have the trigger or... One that that seems a little weird. Someone comes up to you after the match, you know, or or after after game one is over, and they say, "I I you know while sh while shuffling up while sideboarding for game two, I found a sideboard card in my deck from game one." Okay, well that's not a penalty. Game one is over, so you're not giving a penalty in in that game. There there's there's no penalty for it's that. Gone. The game is gone. Right, that game is the game no longer what exists. Right. So you tell you you know they came to you you want to thank them for their honesty. Always, you know, yes. Right. And just like let them leave walk away from you feeling good about them doing the right thing. Absolutely. And you know sometimes that isn't going to 
sometimes you will have to issue penalties for things they're telling you and you want to. And, and there's no way to avoid giving the penalty. In that case, you know, maybe let them know, like, hey, I will note down that you brought this up yourself. I mean, even if it doesn't mean anything technically, like, let them know that they've been heard and that their good deed has been recognized in some way. So next up we have Smooze? How do you say this? Smooze. Smooze with new customers. Yeah. New customers can very easily become repeat customers if they have a good enough experience, so give them a good enough experience. Yeah. I also find, side note, that it helps a lot to, if you if you have young players at your event and their parents are hanging out, go talk to the parents because I have found that a lot of times parents that are hanging out to just kind of chaperone or see what's going on don't necessarily know what's happening and are just having to kind of trust that the people running the event are actually going to run it fairly and not cheat their kid, right? Yep. So go talk to them. It's going to make it 100% of the time when I have gone to just say hi and introduce myself to parents that are hanging out, they they have always 100% of the time seemed really appreciative and had questions for me about what's going on. What are the kids doing? Like, what does this mean? And it, it's a, it's a fantastic thing to do to just, it will it will absolutely make um, parents want to bring their kids back to your shop if they know they have somebody there that cares whether their kid is being treated fairly or not. Right, right. And the opportunity that you have with, with new customers to make them feel welcome, they're more likely to come back. Absolutely. You know? So, you know, don't don't necessarily pull that thing that, that if you walk into, like, the gap and like the second you walk in like people descend from the ceiling and they're like can i help you with anything you know yeah no yeah no none of that so you gotta like you know goldilocks it you know not too hot not too cold just right like find find your middle ground if they look lost and scared check in with them if they look like they really want to talk to you and you have time talk to them if they look like they're trying to escape from you again let them escape from you (laughs) don't 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 make them like gnaw their leg off to escape the bear trap right yeah okay uh so the next one is kind of a little little tricky social media presence okay it's it's kind of weird because your social media wall is your wall or your twitter account or your tiktok account or whatever but and it's gonna really depend on how much you want the role of judge to be part of your online presence, but being helpful to players online, you know, in the, in the groups and the forums that you're in, not being, not being a jerk. Again, uh, social media can influence whether or not a TO wants to work with you or not, depending on what you say on your wall. Yeah, absolutely. And the more visible you are as as a judge, and the the less anonymous you are as a person, the more you can benefit from asking yourself, before I post this, can I imagine wanting to hire someone who speaks like this publicly? And maybe you do, you know, maybe you do. But if you think to yourself, hmm, if I heard someone else say this, I probably, even if they're a good person, I probably wouldn't want to hire them to run an event. You know, consider that. Maybe don't post it unless you are absolutely certain it needs to be said. You say like, well, what can I, what can I get away with? It's like, there, at at work, we we occasionally you'll use the phrase, whatever your career can handle. Yeah, that's actually a really good way to say that for sure. Right. So if you're if you're trying to get into a particular spot, 
maybe in the judge community, in your local community for players, you know, maybe before you post a thing, can my goals handle this post? And to be clear, some this that's not to say never say anything controversial. I, I think, Brian, you and I have both had some spicy takes online from time to time, but, you know, oh, yeah. that's, that's the thing is make sure that if, if all your takes are really combative and, and maybe... Maybe look at why that is, and if that's something that you are willing to defend about your online presence to people that you want to hire you. Just be yep. careful. Be aware. Be cognizant. Yep. Oh, yeah, definitely. And one thing, you definitely don't want to get into a very heated online argument with the TO that you want to work events for. Who, who does this? Uh, you know what? I I know the answer is probably a lot of people. I've seen magic <laughs> with people. I know, how the, I know how we are. I know how we do. Right, I could just be like, Georgia. <laughs> like, this T.O. sucks. Well, why don't they yeah. hire me anymore? <laughs> like, probably because you said they sucked. I just did that SpongeBob meme where it's like the hands over, you know, forming the rainbow. It's like, Georgia. Um, South is I, always up to it, something. That was that was years ago, though. Um, no, related to social media presence is helping to promote events. Like, you're in a lot of groups online. You can plug events, too, because remember, your real customer is the tournament organizer. The tournament organizer is the man behind the curtain there. it's Right. If they get bigger events and they notice you helping or, or maybe they can attribute some of the larger event to the promoting that you did, they're going to want to get you. What is this statement here you put at the end? Embrace your inner carnival barker. Listen, you're going to say to yourself, oh, that's embarrassing. I don't want to be out here advertising. And here's what you need to do is you need to look deep down inside yourself and get over it. Get out there, promote events, tell players where you're going to be, tell players where you think the great tournaments are because TOs are going to love it and they're going to want to hire you for it. If it's uncomfortable, I'm sorry. That's one of those things that absolutely will stand out positively to most people doing hiring. It is, again, you are providing a... A service to your customer. And and to be clear, you, you don't need to be sleazy or anything. Like, if, you, if you're going to an event, say, hey, guys, like, hey, social media people I already talk to regularly. I'm going to be at this event. Come on out and be supportive, you know? Come watch me judge. Ha <laughs> ha. Like, that's cool. Home stretch. What we got next? Last one up. We have be helpful. So be helpful. Yeah. TOs like judges that stay busy with meaningful tasks when possible. Like, don't don't be weird and go way, way out of your way to invent tasks if it's not necessary. But if you see something to tidy up, tidy up. If you see chairs that need to be pushed in, push them in. Have a, have a little hustle. Have a little hustle in your step. Do Be doing things. And if you're not doing things, look around for maybe who you could be networking with, talking to, communicating with, helping out. There's There's... I have never been to an event where I was like, man, there is literally nothing to do right now. Not saying right. it never happens, but but in my experience, I have never personally been to an event where I couldn't find something useful to be doing. Tidying up chairs like the play space, tidying up, pushing in chairs, picking up trash, that kind of thing. Absolutely. We're not saying like go clean the bathroom or go sort cards or something like that. Anything that, that um. has nothing to do with your event. Yeah, that definitely have boundaries. You do not need to be cleaning up anything that is a biohazard. And you don't need to be doing anything that is strictly store work, but... Unless you're also an employee. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> different, different, <laughs> yeah, good, different, different rules there. Good point. 
yeah, again, remember, Tio is your customer, and they and you want them to feel like they got their money's worth. There's, be sure you're setting boundaries, but be sure you're also not being so combative and so strict on what you'll do that you're unpleasant to work with. Because like, if the tables are a mess and there's pizza boxes and wrappers, and the Tio's like, "Why didn't you clean that up?" and you're like, "You're not paying me to clean up." Like, all right. <laughs> Who wants to work with somebody like that? Like, yeah, maybe it wasn't in some literal contract, but be a human being, please. And and if you're picking up trash and pushing in chairs, like, the reason why we do those things is because they make the players happy. Right. Your event will run quicker if people aren't having to push things out of the way to get seated and started. Right. And if they put their stuff down and they have to move the half-drunk bottle of Gatorade Red or Mountain Dew Red out of the way... Or they knocked over the Burger King cup that was by their chair leg. You know, those kind of things. Like, If you don't clean it up, whatever they're, what they're going to do, regardless of size or disgustingness of the item, is they're going to shove it inside the table number. So really, you're doing yourself a favor by getting it off the table. Man, everything goes in those tables. I know, those little triangles, everything goes in. Yeah. The things you find in those. That's it. Level, you know. That's it. You do all these things and you'll be perfect. There's no more customer service stuff out there to be served. That's it. That's the full tutorial. No one has ever had any other suggestions but these. Ever. <laughs> yeah, take take our words with a grain of salt, see how much they apply to your community. But yeah. Customer service skills, social skills, the those are things that, that are difficult to teach and really take a lot of practice and a lot of really, at least for me, really intense focus. Some people are just naturally gifted at this. I was absolutely not. I had to go. My parents sent me to like etiquette school. I was a debutante. Like I. <laughs> you went to an etiquette school? I did. Did you have to balance a book on your head? I can do that. I didn't have to for that, but I can do that. I, I had to do a lot of, I took a lot of refinement. <laughs> In my youth, so because none of this stuff came naturally, so if this stuff does not come naturally to you, don't feel too bad. I am now quite good at it when I was, in fact, abysmal at it in my in my youth. That's so weird. I have a picture with the of myself with like the white debutante dress and everything. I'll show you sometime. It's really? Do, yeah. Do you? Does it have a parasol? No, but it it probably the, could have. And the gloves? <laughs> yeah. Like you're going to a cotillion or something yeah, like yeah, that. The gloves. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not showing you. Never mind. <laughs> Tell you what, I'll, it, if, if everybody really wants to see, I'll, I'll post my I'll post my um, debutante photo in the comments when this episode airs. Please, I, if you really, Twitter? if you really want me to, I'll I'll post Twitter it. Twitter make it. this happen. Twitter make this happen. If you really want to see it? I'll I'll post it. But <laughs> it's probably already. I, I think it's already on Facebook somewhere. But. This 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 will fill a hole in my heart I didn't know was there. <laughs> I had to do the whole like coming out ceremony where I had to be like introduced to society and everyone clapped for me. All the all the wealthy neighbors clapped for me. It was Jesus. <laughs> now clap. Yes, now clap. <laughs> <laughs> the old Jeb Bush. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> all right, friends, that's our episode. Join us next time when we talk about another topic. Um, until then, you can send us an email at judgecast at gmail.com or like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at judgecast. Till next time, I'm Samantha Har and I keep it fun. I'm Brian Prillman and I keep it... Wait, did you say fun? I did, but I don't know how sincere right. it was. Oh, yeah. It, well, you gotta... Am I you, fun? Maybe... I, 
think I'm fun sometimes. I, I, I think I think I so. Fun I think so. I think so. Okay, well then I keep I keep it fair. Yeah, that's that's probably yeah, true. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good night, folks. Start on time. Start on time. Start on time.